we shall praise. Jesus says we shall praise, not we might praise. We'll praise if we want to, but he says we shall praise. So if you would like to praise, why don't you stand to your feet and let's praise our God because he is worthy, yeah? Does anyone here think that Jesus is worthy of praise? Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Yes, Lord, we're here for you this morning, Lord. Just speak to us. This is no performance. Lord, our praise, worship. Empty words I can't afford I'm not chasing feelings That's not why I'm singing You're the reason for my song I only want to sing And I only want to sing If I sing with everything I sing for you, my King. I can't imagine why I would do this all for high. Cause it's all to lift you high. You don't want perfection. You don't want perfection, just my soul's attention. All I have is what I'll give. You're more than a song. You're more than a song that lasts a moment. I live a life of honest worship. If I'm here to sing, then I'll sing with purpose. All the praise now you deserve and now If I sing with everything, if I sing for you, my King, I can't imagine why I would do this all for high, cause it's all to lift you high. sing with everything if I sing for you my king Ooh, I can't imagine why I would do this all for high cause it's all to lift you high oh. come on let's lift up some praise in this place this morning Jesus, you're the reason for our song. Lift you up in praise. Yeah, thank you, God. Yes, we do lift you up. We declare you above all things in this place today, God. We declare that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We thank you, God, that you are here with us. We thank you, God, for your presence. We ask, have your way in this place today. Have your way in our lives today, God. Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to church this morning. 
good to be in the house of God, isn't it? Family. How about you turn around and say hi to somebody as you are seated? Welcome to church. Yeah, I heard somebody say it's school holidays. How many parents are enjoying the holidays? School holidays? Awesome. Nice to have a change. The kids are in the downstairs cafe this morning. The uh, teachers are having, well, some of the teachers, some of the teachers and leaders are having a break. And they are enjoying a movie together this morning in the Downstairs Cafe. So God bless them as they relax over a movie this morning. Well, if you're here for the first time today, a special welcome to you. It's great to have you with us at Activate Church. How about you welcome our guests this morning? If you are here for the first time, we'd love you to pick up a welcome bag on your way out on, your, on the right hand side in the foyer someone will be there to greet you after our gathering this morning so let's celebrate our birthdays this week who has had a birthday this week well, oh yeah come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> happy birthday Janine anyone else Happy birthday. Church, how about you stand? Is there anyone has your wedding anniversaries? Any winter weddings? No? I heard of a wedding, Pastor David and Claire Quinn from Fielding, their daughter got married yesterday. They were praying for snow, actually. They wanted the full-on winter wedding. I don't think they got snow, but it was winter. So that would have been beautiful. Well, let's pray. Pour out your blessing upon this beautiful lady. Father, we thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over Janine this year. Activate your love and goodness through her. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. Well, what are you doing Tuesday night? Oh, I love that response. Tuesday night, here, 7.30, we, we gather together and pray. I love Tuesday nights. I was away this past week and, man, I missed not being here. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be missed. <laughs> so see ya this Tuesday, 7.30. It's going to be great. One of the highlights of my week. We're going to gather around the Word of God now. So how about you give Christine a hand as she comes and reads the psalm. So this is the psalm that David prayed after he'd been responsible for um, a 
murder, a pregnancy that shouldn't have happened, and adultery. <clears throat> and he could have tried to hide it, but he didn't. When there was a word of knowledge through the prophet to him, he, this is the pray, prayer that he prayed. And I somehow have to communicate to you the yearning and the longing and the desperation <clears throat> and also the confidence that he had in praying this prayer. So let's get ourselves going. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking back at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with favor on Zion and help her rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. Thank you, Christine. Purify us. Purify us. This is a perfect moment to gather around communion together, celebrate communion. So thank you, Naomi. How about you give Naomi a hand as she comes and leaves us. Good morning, church. Um, if the host team can please hand out the emblems, that'd be amazing. Thank you. Well, after hearing that um, psalm, oh, thank you. Um, it makes so much more sense why I felt that this was what I was meant to share. 
the, over the last few months, I've been getting very frustrated with so many different ideas and thoughts, but never, nothing ever stuck until this one. So, um, My hubby and I have been renovating over the past six months, and the latest victim has been our bathroom. And wow, renovation is a steep learning curve. I used to think being on the block was such a cool idea, and it would be amazing. I even entered my husband into it. After doing a little bit of renoing, I think it's a horrendous idea. So glad God did not answer that prayer. Um, with each challenge we have um, had during the renovations, um, I've begun to think of how it parallels with our lives as believers. If we could pop that first picture up, please, that'd be amazing. Um, this was how our shower, <laughs> gotta love the fish. This is how our shower used to look when we bought the house. I mean, check out that really cool girl and guy sign that you see on toilet doors. That's genius, eh? I mean, and that was there when we got it, so we're like, woohoo. Um, but about six months afterwards, um, after living there, we started to notice that the wall on the left was starting to bow and become a bit squishy. Yeah. Um, but unbeknowing to us, there was also a little secret behind that little sign there. And this is what we found. If we can pop that second um, picture up, that'd be great. Yeah. Amazing. Lovely little secret. Um, <laughs> At some point, um, that shower wall got a hole in it. And instead of fixing it, the owners had decided to cover up with, this, with that plaque. And this allowed moisture to get in and mold to grow and fester. And I think this is quite a lot like sin. As Christians, we don't tend to speak about sin much. We feel uncomfortable when it's spoken about. And we even get judgmental towards others when they sin. But we particularly get judgmental towards ourselves when we sin. Just like the cover-up job in my shower, our human response is to hide, is to cover it up. Adam and Eve covered themselves when they first sinned and hid from God, and I'm no different. Sometimes on the surface, we appear to have it all together, or at least look right. But for God, He doesn't care about how it looks to others. He cares about what it's doing to us, and He understands the power of sin to destroy us. Sin can be so destructive if left unchecked. And just like the hole in my shower wall. 1 John 1, 7-9 says, But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we will fellowship, oh, sorry, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all our wickedness. See, God knew from the start. He knew that sin would stop us from being able to have relationship with Him. His plan was to, to destroy the impact of sin on our lives. And that was to give us His Son to die on the cross and to rise again as the most powerful and the only antidote to the destructive power of sin in our lives. How awesome is that? So that's one reason why we remember to take communion this morning. It brought us relationship, connection back with God. And then on an ongoing basis, on a day-to-day -day basis, by surrendering and allowing the Holy Spirit to do some renos on our lives, we allow the gift of Jesus' death and resurrection to have impact on our lives. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will put a finger on something in our lives that He wants us to deal with kind of like the bathroom with those squishy walls. And sometimes un under the beauty of what others see, 
on the outward appearance. There may be sin that's causing havoc behind the scene. Maybe we have no idea of the impact that our sin is having. But the Holy Spirit wants to allow Him, uh, the Holy Spirit wants to allow us to allow Him to work His supernatural power to bring healing, wholeness, and freedom, and the power to live life free from sin's power. So, what does communion mean to me? It means freedom. It means my past, my current state, and my future mistakes do not have the power to stop me from having the most incredible relationship with my God if I continue to allow the Holy Spirit to work in me and transform me. His blood shed on the cross, His death and His resurrection gives me life, gives you life. It gives us freedom. Communion to me is freedom to embrace all that God has for our lives and to learn how to live a new way. Communion is a reminder that I need to continue to allow the Holy Spirit to work in me. As we will always have sin, maybe not that intense, but we'll always have sin that will need to be dealt with. And God knows that. And He is enough. Let us this morning take time to have gratitude towards Him. Maybe it's also a time to repent and surrendering the sin in our lives. Communion is a time to remember what Jesus did for us and a celebration of its impact on our lives on a day-to-day basis. Let us pray. Father God, Lord, we take this bread as a reminder of your body, Jesus, that was given for us. Thank you. And we take this juice as a reminder of the power of Jesus' blood in our lives that gives us relationship and freedom from sin's power. Thank you, Jesus. stand to your feet I was reading this week that um, God is his first a father he is king but he is first a father that is how he chose to reveal himself to us he's the one that he wants us wants to us to turn to when we're feeling happy so that we can see him rejoicing with us he's the one that wants us to turn to when we're feeling sad so that he can wrap us up and comfort us in that place or when we're angry so that um, he can put his arm around us and walk us through that place he's a good father so as we're singing this song just let him show you how he wants to be your dad in your life where you are at the moment because he so wants to be involved he so wants to love you in this place
There's a miracle for all. 
How about this morning we really open ourselves up before Him? I don't know how you best do that. It might be lifting your arms. It might be. I don't know. But let's open our hearts before Him. Thank you, God, that you're moving. Thank you that you're breathing life on your church. Thank you that you're breathing life on our city, on our nation, on the nations of the world. This morning we honour you. We gladly honour you. We gratefully sing praises to you. We're eager to worship you that you would receive all glory and that you would receive all honour. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you that (coughs) you're interested in every one of us, that you have a plan, that you have a purpose, that nothing goes unseen see the details, the things that trouble us. You empower us to become all you've called us to be. And Father, I pray this morning in this place for God encounters. Lord, I pray that every person in this place this morning would know your presence. That as we leave at the end of this gathering, every one of us would be able to say, I was in the presence of God this morning. I met with Jesus this morning. The Holy Spirit was at work in my life this morning. And that you would receive all honour and all glory in Jesus' name. Well, good morning. You doing all right? Very good. Very good. Yeah, take a seat. I'm going to keep my water closed this morning because I've got through all the bugs that have been around, but it's left me with a bit of a cough, which isn't helpful when you're trying to talk. But there you go. Well, John chapter 8 says this. Verse 36, so if the sun sets you free, you are truly free. Or other translations will say, uh, those who the sun sets free are free indeed. If the sun sets you free, you are truly free. Now on the surface of that, these are Jesus' words, that's pretty exciting But I'm a little concerned, and I'm concerned that when I read this verse to you, you're hearing it through a similar filter, which would be a false filter, or a similar understanding as the original Jewish audience to Jesus heard it. When he said this to them, they didn't understand what he was saying. And I can't help but wonder if we find ourselves in the same boat. 
but we'll come back to there later. Activate churches. Activate church. What are we about? We're about activating community transformation by <coughs> wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. Yes? yes? What are we about? Say it with me. Wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. Activating community transformation by, here we go, wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. Great. You're going to have to talk back to me this morning. It means I have to do less talking, less loud. I kind of feel like a car that can't operate between 2,000 and, and 5,000 in the rev counter. I've either got to be under 2,000 or over six with the, with the voice. So I'm trying to, you're going to have to help me. I go from idle to full. Let's say it one more time. Wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. Wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. And... We're growing in our values. Our values are on the wall. <coughs> and they're on the screen. Courageous, big-hearted, belonging, purposed, kingdom-focused. Our values are words that we spend a lot of time uh, putting in place that we felt reflected Ephesians 4 well. In Ephesians 4, it says that the church has given ascension ministry gifts apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist, and their purpose is to equip the church and bring the church, that's all of us, to a place of maturity in God. So we asked when we put the values in place, what does a mature believer look like in our time, in our setting, in our country? Now, there's some no-brainers that aren't there. A mature believer is one that is obedient to God. In fact, that is the primary measure of maturity in the kingdom of God is obedience. Hebrews 5 also says that a mature believer has one who has the ability to discern right from wrong and do right. Those, to me, are kind of no-brainers. They're the, they're the biggies. But we're saying, what, what's the shape of a mature believer look like? Well, it looks like someone who's courageous, someone who's big-hearted, someone who knows what it is to belong. Someone whose purpose, someone who is kingdom focused. So this morning, I ask you, how are you going in those things? Are you growing? Are you more courageous today than you were a year ago? Are you more courageous in your faith today than you were a year ago? Lots of you look down all of a sudden. Why was that? <laughs> Writing it down. Good comeback. Good comeback. Are you more courageous in your faith now than you were a year ago? Are you more purposed in your life than you were a year ago? Because I'm really, really hoping that my work this last year has counted for something. Are you more purposed in your life than you were a year ago? Are you bigger in heart than you were a year ago? Do you have a greater understanding and a greater experience, a greater um, value of belonging than you did a year ago? Are you more kingdom focused than you were a year ago? 
Because my experience is that things that aren't growing are dead. Things that aren't growing are dead. And we need to be growing. We are on a journey. It says we are on a, you know, we are on a journey with Christ, which means we are moving. We're on the road. We're going somewhere. We didn't invite Jesus into our lives and then put our hands up and go, well, that's it, it's all over. No, no, that was the starting point of this journey with God. And we're moving from glory to glory. Sanctification means we're becoming more and more in his likeness as we journey. So these are good questions. These aren't Sheridan being tough questions this morning. These are biblical questions. Are we moving in our journey with God? Are we moving in our faith? Or have you stalled? Have we stalled? Have we stagnated? And if we've stagnated and we're not moving forward, let's ask the question, why? What's going on? Why have we stopped? What's got in the way with our journey with Christ? What stopped us moving, advancing in Christ? <clears throat> You'll know the, uh, the picture. I love the picture of the areas of influence in our society. And God's called us into different areas in society to be an influence. One is not greater than the other. One, <coughs> they, they are all various areas. We've labeled them 10. There's more than 10 or less than 10, depending on how you list them. One is not greater than another. They're all different areas of society. God's got a heart for them all, and he's called us and he's placed us in different areas of society to be an influence in those areas an influence for the kingdom, bringing kingdom culture to your workplace, to your home, to your school, to your university, wherever you are, you're there with purpose for a reason. I've uh, found throughout my lifetime that when I've forgotten what the purpose is that I'm there, I get stuck there until such time as I remember what the purpose is and start to live in the purpose that God had me and then he will keep moving me to whatever he's got for me. We have... Um, I'll come back to that in a moment. I'm really, really excited about one of our purposes, and um, that is to stamp the thumbprint of the kingdom on our city. I love that picture. Actually, I was thinking about it this morning, and I pushed my thumb down on the glass on my table, and it left a beautiful thumbprint there. I put this thumb down on the table. It didn't leave quite such a beautiful thumbprint. So I went out for dinner the other night and I treated myself with crab, but it cut me. <laughs> Terrible thing, blood all through your main course and a cost of, cost of fortune. It was all right, my brother-in-law paid for it. So, but the thumbprint of the kingdom of God in our city, that's what God's called us to do. And you know, we're going to do that, we're going to build, and we move toward building a community campus, and it'll be a campus for the people. It'll be a campus for the wholeness of the people. And on our campus, when we build it, we'll be able to do many different things that will bring the kingdom of God into our city. This week, we actually hit a massive milestone, and I'm going to ask Ray to come and talk about that for a moment because I am incredibly excited about this. And Ray and Graham, surely, have been working exceptionally hard on it, and it's been a three, nearly three-year journey... Yes, nearly three years, and in particular, very busy last 12 months. Why don't you come and stand with me, Graham? Yes, please, Graham. Yeah. 
Yeah, give them a big hand. That worked really, really hard. So Graham and I, with the team, have been working on purchasing a medical clinic. Many of you would be aware of that. And we're delighted to announce that on Tuesday, oh, sorry, Monday evening it was, uh, we signed it off. That's and, fantastic. Yeah. Praise God. That is a reality. <clears throat> and we're so grateful to the Lord for what he is going to do through this. It becomes effective from the 30th of September, the 1st of October this year. And the existing doctors uh, have been wonderful to work with, haven't they, Graham? Absolutely. One of the doctors said, I think this, he's not a believer, I think this is a match made in heaven. <laughs> and Graham said, yes, it is. <laughs> and it's just felt so amazing as we've journeyed together along it. So the existing doctors will be there for uh, two and a quarter years. So that will enable us to transition things well. And uh, I, the name of the clinic is the Little London Medical uh, Centre off London Street. And so, yeah, it's just wonderful. And appreciated your prayers and support as we work through this. And thank you, Graham, for your hard work and support along the way too. Yeah, it's been absolutely. Wonderful. Well so, done, guys. Awesome. That's really exciting. That's a three-year journey. And... Um, you know, and Ray and, and Graham in particular in this last year have worked really, really hard. I don't know how many meetings you guys have had with those, with those people there. <laughs> Graham's going a lot. <laughs> but we've pulled off. I'm really excited about that because that's a, that's a big rock and where God's taking us. One of the other big rocks that um, we really need to shift, see shift, is that we're hoping that, that the campus will be around at Ruakura, the road site, and um, we need a couple of buildings there to come available for us. And we've been working on that for a couple of years too, and we're not getting very far at the moment. But we really need them to come available. And that will allow us to take the next significant step. So I wondered for just a moment if you'd like to stand to your feet, and can we pray for that together? That God will release these buildings, that he will unlock what needs to be unlocked for us to... Uh, you, you pray how you want, but I'll pray that. So Father, we lift that whole situation to you. Thank you for the vision that you've uh, released to us, Lord. Thank you for the purposes that you've shown us. Father, we call those buildings in, in Jesus' name. The ones that we need, those two buildings there, we call them in in Jesus' name and ask that you would release them for kingdom purposes. Father, we also ask that they would be released at a good price, a price that is affordable, a price that we can manage, and a price that will allow us to really bless the community in Jesus' name. So we ask that you would release those to us for the kingdom's sake, now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Amen. Amen, yes. Yes, promises God, yes and amen, not a nod. Amen? Great, amen. Unity, vocally. So our corporate expression is developing. <coughs> the inside of the uh, circle there, where the big circle is, was uh, what we're doing as a church corporately and things that we're operating as a church corporately. And so at the top, look at that. We're getting a leg into health and sciences. Beautiful. Education with ATC. Media and technology. We're kind of there because we train people in technology with ATC. Um, down the bottom is social services. Community link is all about social services. Arts and entertainment, well, again, we're kind of there because we're training people at uh, Vision College in the area of art. 
family. We do family toolboxes and all sorts of things. And Jilly sitting there does amazing things with family, leading the way. And then come around a little bit further in worldview. That's who we are as a church, our expression into the community, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are making advancements as a church. We are moving forward, which is really, really exciting. We're on track. My concern isn't what we're doing corporately. My concern is you. Because you're the majority of the picture. It's only some things that we're doing corporately. The power of the church is you. The power of God's kingdom is him. But it's you. Because he's called you and he's called me to all sorts of different places carrying kingdom culture. And I'm looking at visible fruit and I am feeling a little concerned. I'm going, where is the fruit? We've been going down this track for a while now. Wherever, whenever, been like Jesus. I'm asking, where are our friends with us and our workmates with us? Where are they with us on Sundays? Where are they with us in our Activate groups? Where are they giving their hearts to Christ? Because as much as expressing the kingdom of God may be giving Jan a coffee when she's having a bad morning in the office, the kingdom of God is about you've got to speak the gospel. We've got to bring the gospel to people. We've got to share our faith with people. And if we're not doing that, we need to take it now to that level. Why do you do what you do? Why do you believe? People want to know. And people are looking for hope. You know, the, one of the, it's actually easier now than it's ever been because people are scared about what's happening in the world. They're terrified. You talk to people, probably in the first sentence, you're going to be talking about Nice. Tragic. Absolutely tragic. And the bombings that are happening all around the place. It's tragic. The world is a scary place. Why have you got such peace? I pray you've got peace in the midst of it. Why have you got such peace? People want to know that. How can you live in this crazy world and not be under an umbrella of fear? I'm getting on a plane this week with Jan, and we're going to the UK. We're part of the... Um, well, I'm going in my role of, in the national leadership team for Acts Churches to represent New Zealand at the Apostolic Church UK's 100-year celebration, which is quite a celebration. It's really significant. But I'm talking to people all the time, and they go, there's no way I'd travel overseas at the moment. Well, I'm getting on the plane without any sense of fear whatsoever. Why? Because I'm bulletproof as long as God wants me here. And when he doesn't, I've got something better waiting. What, what allows you to... Walk fearless. What allows you to have peace when the world's uncertain? Your workmates, your classmates, your friends. They need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ because that's, and he 
is what gives us peace. In Luke 13, Jesus uh, told a story. He said, a man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and this thing hasn't produced a single fig. Cut it down. It's just, it reminds me of myself there, a little bit patient, but when you've had enough, you've had enough. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, sir, give it one more chance. This is Ray now. Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer and if we get figs next year, fine. And if not, we can cut it down then. God's looking for fruit. He is looking for fruit. He's looking for us to be effective. One of the things that I just love is God's been so gracious to us and so, he's been so clear to us about building a house of prayer. Now, I thought we were special. You know, when that prophetic word first came, I thought, wow, God's saying something really significant to us as a church. And he is. But I've had the privilege of traveling the length of the nation the last few weeks, and God is saying this throughout the nation. God has got, he is pushing his church to prayer. And there's an expectancy growing around the nation that God is doing something special and he's going to do something more special. And he's pushing the church to prayer. But I am so grateful that he's been so clear with us. And if I'm to be honest with you this morning, I've been a little disappointed at our response. Tuesday night prayer meetings, for example. The best of them, and they are great. I hear people saying, they are the highlight of my week. But whether they are or not, God's told us to build a house of prayer. And I, you know, at the best of our prayer meetings, we would have maybe 10% of the church out. That's all, 10%. And I'm going, what, Lord, do you need to do that we will do something? Because he's been so clear. I looked at School of the Spirit a couple of weeks ago, which was outstanding. We had limited spaces. We filled our spaces. But there weren't a lot extra. And I go, Lord, why would there not be a huge demand for that when our whole experience of God is in and through the Holy Spirit? Lord, why wouldn't there be a massive demand for something like the school of the Spirit or of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to rename it next year, School of the Holy Spirit, because Spirit could be anything. Whiskey. School of the Holy Spirit. Why wouldn't there be a, a massive demand when we know people who don't know you and we know people who aren't well and we know people who need a touch of God and we are your agents and we are your ambassadors, we are your face in the community... Why would people not engage and do anything they can to engage with that environment that is going to equip us to be more effective in God? Probably the same reason that we don't pray. 
2 Chronicles, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. I read that scripture so differently than I used to. I used to read it just like I read it to you. If my people who will humble themselves and pray and turn and seek their face and turn from their wicked ways, break it down. If my people who will humble themselves and pray and seek and turn. But there takes, it takes a humility of spirit. It takes a humbling of oneself to respond to God. Of oneself to say, you have asked us to pray, I'm going to pray. I'm like you, I can think of other things to do with my time. In fact, I find prayer the hardest discipline out of any to maintain. Like to maintain a structure around. I'm, I have a conversation with God all day long, but to stop and pray. That's the one, that's the one that I, I have a continual wrestle with. As fast as I get on track with it, I seem to get off track with it, and I've got to get back on track with it. It's the one that... But it's not about whether I find it easy or not. It's about God saying, come on, Sheridan. Humble yourself and pray. Humble yourself first, and you will pray. Because when you humble yourself, you will realize that you can do nothing in your own strength. You can do nothing without me. You can push water uphill with a rake all you like. You're not going to win. But if you're prepared to humble yourself and go, okay, God, I'm going to do this your way. You've said pray. So I'm going to pray. I can expect the miraculous. I can expect God results. I can expect amazing things to take place. And I do expect amazing things to take place. So can I ask two questions? Are you being a kingdom influence? And what is the fruit of your kingdom influence? Are you being a kingdom influence and what is the fruit of your kingdom influence at the start if the musos would like to come? I'm going to be done in a moment. I started with John chapter 8. So if the sun sets you free, you are truly free. Kingdom has fruit. The kingdom of God has fruit and freedom is one of those fruits. But here's the thing. When the Jews first heard that verse, they heard it through a filter of being God's chosen people. They heard it through a filter of being, we are God's favourites. We're further up the ladder. We're further up the pecking order than anybody else. They heard it falsely. True, they were God's chosen people, but God's heart is for all people. So when they heard so if the sun sets you free, you are truly free. They heard it through a filter of privilege 
and a filter of immunity rather than through a filter of obligation and responsibility. And I fear that we hear it exactly the same way because we hear it through the filter of I'm saved, I'm safe, I'm adopted as a son or a daughter of God, I've been set free, I'm all good and to hell with the rest of the world. That's the filter that I think many of us hear it through. Where Jesus was saying, come on, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And that means all of us for everybody. And there needs to be fruit. 1 Corinthians 4. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. It's not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. In other words, it has fruit. And I think one of the keys for all of us (coughs) is His presence. If it's living by God's power, we need to be comfortable in His presence. We need to know what it is to encounter God. We need to know what it is to encounter His presence. Actually, I think encounter is is vital. I don't know when you could say you last encountered God, but I pray it was very recently. Encounter is absolutely vital to living an effective and a free life in the kingdom of God. And in these last days, and they are the last days, they might not be the last days for the planet, but they're the last days for you and me. Because you and I are going to drop dead at some point. It is the last days for us. Just to be happy. It is the last days. It's very easy to look at Scripture and go, well, in the last days, God's going to do this, God's going to do that. This is going to happen, that's going to happen. Who cares, actually, what's going to happen? For you and I and for the generation we live in, these are the last days. We're on limited time. He says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my Spirit even on servants. Men and women alike. In other words, God wants encounter. God wants to pour out His Spirit on all mankind. And He wants to pour out His Spirit on us, His church, for His glory. Now, I've been pretty straight this morning because sometimes you just got to be. But my heart's desire behind this is obedience. But beyond that, it is that every single one of us would encounter God. And as we finish this morning, I would like us to create an environment where God can move. Where God, by His Holy Spirit, can rest on each of us and can light that fire in our belly if it's gone out, can fan the flame if it needs a flame, flame, 
fan. <clears throat> can stir the passion. Can stir the heart. Because God does that best. And what I'd like to do is invite us all to stand if that's okay. Being influential in, for the kingdom of God takes some courage. It takes some purpose. It takes a great sense of belonging to the kingdom. It does require a big heart because you've got to go beyond yourself, beyond what feels comfortable. And it is all about being kingdom focused. And this morning, I really felt as I was preparing to draw a little bit of a, a line in the sand. And it's not that I want to exclude anybody, but I really felt to draw a line to stir us to respond to Jesus in a significant way this morning. And so in just a moment, if you're saying, Lord, I want to respond, I am more than I want to, I am responding to you. I hear your call, I am responding. I'm responding to be a kingdom person wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. I want to be that person. I need some help, Jesus, but I want to be that person. And today I'm saying yes. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to come down the front in just a moment. And as we finish, I'm going to sing. And I'm going to pray for you very quickly. Simply going to touch you on the forehead and release the power of the Holy Spirit on your life to do what you've and be the person you're settling to be in your spirit and your heart today, believing that God will produce the fruit. But what I want to do, I want to move some seats because I want you to come out of your seats and I, want, I don't want it to be too easy. I really feel in my spirit that you've got to, there's got to be a physical action with this this morning. So can we do this? Take your handbag. <laughs> I stole his seat. He's upset. Just move it forward a little bit. You can walk around the outside to those seats to get up the front. But it needs to be more than just wander up. It needs to be some intention to it. If you want to respond to Jesus this morning, and Mark, if you're coming, you let me know, and I will open the seats for you. If you want to respond to Jesus this morning, why don't you come down the front right now and you just present yourself to him with whatever's in your heart,
Bring light to the dark. 
as we are finishing, I would love it if everyone could close their eyes. And I would love it if if you would signal to me, if you have today responded to God, maybe for the first time, or if you have uh, made that decision to come back to Him, if you have been away from Him. If you have done that today, would you give me a wave this morning? That's awesome. Fantastic. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you have done in this place, in our hearts, in our lives today. God, we do come before you. We humble ourselves before you. God, we need you. We need you, God. I thank you, God, that as we come before you, as we humble ourselves before you, that you meet us right where we are at. And God, I thank you for your blessing and your anointing poured out upon your church today. I thank you, God, that we get to partner with you, God Almighty. I thank you, God, that as we go out into our day, into our week, that we have that same power, that same authority that you gave your son Jesus and that you, Father, you raised him from the dead. We have that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. May you give us a fresh revelation of that today as we come before you afresh today and every day as we seek your face. May we go out into our workplaces, into our places of study, into our neighbourhoods with that authority and power. May we release it. God, I declare fruit in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. And God, I thank you for your church. I thank you for the givers. I thank you for our tithes and our offerings. God, bless our tithes and offerings, God. May they, may the offerings see much, much fruit. May they be multiplied. And we thank you for our resources that we have prayed for to be released. Thank you, God, that you hear our prayers. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to enjoy a coffee tea together, morning tea, and enjoy your day. We do have 6 p.m. tonight, and please remember the giving stations are on your left as you exit. If you if you are here for the first time, please pick up a a, uh, a welcome pack on your right as you as you leave. Go and have a fantastic day. Don't forget your kids in the downstairs cafe too. <laughs>